0: This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast, Working Drummer. Today my guest is drummer Nate Felty. Originally from Syracuse, New York, Nate has been living and working in Nashville since 2012 and earned his Master's in Commercial Music at Belmont University in 2014. Nate is the drummer for Nashville-based national touring country roots artist Casey Weldon. With Weldon, he has shared the stage on tour with Grammy Award-winning artists such as Ricky Skaggs, Marty Stewart, and John Prine. Since his arrival in Nashville, Nate has performed and recorded with notable touring bands such as the Amanda Broadway Band, Abby Anderson, Devon Gifillion, Dan Smalley, Marquis Mayfield, and a nine-piece funk fusion group called Dynamo. While with Dynamo, the band earned the award for Best Funk Fusion Band and Album of the Year for their 2015 release, Find Your Way, from the Nashville Industry Music Awards. When not on tour, Nate is the adjunct professor of drum set at Sewanee University of the South. Supporting what Zach and I do here at the podcast, you can become a Patreon member find us at patreon.com slash working drummer any donation in any amount gets you access to exclusive content that's provided by our former guests this content covers a variety of topics but it's all educational and applicable to the working professional if patreon isn't your thing you can make a one-time donation through paypal and you can find links to both of these things on our homepage at workingdrummer.net and while you're there, you can find out more about this episode and the over 300 episodes that we've done over the years. And no matter what your platform of choice is for listening to podcasts, giving us a like, a rating, and review always helps us grow. So I had the honor to sub for Nate on a gig with an artist named Dan Smalley. And in preparation for the gig, I was learning and charting and listening to everything that Nate mostly recorded. And I was just so blown away with his feel his ideas everything that he did and covered this uh wide range of styles in this just with this one country artist Uh, from classic country to modern country. I was just really impressed. And then come to find out that just Nate's experience and interests lie in so much more than that. Fusion, jazz, and all these things. Uh, I so appreciate our mutual friend Robert Miller for connecting us uh, with Nate and uh, getting me on that gig. And um, I might have mentioned uh, Robert Miller from before. Uh, We work together somewhat regularly. He's got a great podcast called Gear and Beer. Check that Out. Uh, And then also um, I'm gonna be playing some music here before we start our interview. That is an artist named Shannon Lauren Callahan that Nate has recorded with. The track is called Feel Good and it's part of our Patreon content. We kind of get into the weeds with how he came up with that drum part, that time feel just kind of dissecting all that stuff for our patreon members so if you're interested in that you can go to our patreon page patreon slash working drummer we get into that and so many other things and i hope you enjoy my conversation with nate felty whatever you want baby we can do One thing I wanted to say was I've kind of like dug into your playing for oh, cool. a while now when I subbed with Dan Smalley and heard some of the things that you did, the treatment that you gave to that country music. Oh, yeah. That songwriter. Yeah. And then who's the other artists um, that you were working with that you sent to Oh, me? Shannon. Yeah. Shannon. Shannon
1: Lauren Callahan. Yeah, I've been working with her for, wow, I guess it's been three, almost four years now. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different thing, totally, and I listen to the totally other different. tracks as well. Oh, good, yeah, yeah everything I... on there—it's all us. We recorded that whole record. That was one of the, the nice COVID gems that was in our her guitar player Kurt's, okay. Kurt's house up on the the west side here, at Bellevue. Okay, we just we got in there and we, you know, it it was a proper throw. You know, it was a proper like use what you got resources kind mm-hmm. of thing. We set up in his living room. We flipped his couches up. We. Like baffles oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh wow, cool. Oh yeah. Draped uh-huh. comforters and all that all around and That's fine. tried our best to control the sound and yeah, brought the mics in, got everything dialed in, had, you know, engineer buddy help come over, Max McKee, who's a, a dear friend of mine, fellow upstate New Yorker. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we just you know, it was a, a proper like, you know, just get everybody together and, yeah. and see how, how we can make this sound. And that's what it sounds like. (laughs) Well, let me ask you about those two different types of sessions. Mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of hit the jackpot with both of those guys because, because, um, you know, with Shannon, we, we we met, we were both hired, hired guns for a different artist. And I met her as a piano player and she sang great background vocals. And and I was like, man, like we hit it off. We talked about some of our favorite records that we've been digging on and when it came time to create music with her, she, you know, she didn't really. I mean, she didn't really do too much. Like, hey, I want you to play this just like this guy. Uh huh. You know, like it, it was more just like us sharing the same likes. Like, I'm thinking approaching it of approaching it like this, and her being, oh, dude, yeah, totally, maybe a, uh, you know, maybe maybe treat it, you know, the chorus this way, like maybe use a, a diff- like use a different snare for you know what like it was very collaborative right from the, right from the off nice. and and likewise with Dan I felt like you know I, the way that I you know when I got invited into that whole camp I you know I, I was talking to Rob Miller obviously mm-hmm. cause he's he's very much a proponent of you know he helped he helped get me into that that whole camp and and he was just like man just show up and and be yourself and like you yeah. know be be flexible and 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 just be you know confident and, and hit it, right? And when I walked into to Dan's you know Dan's thing, it was like, you know, obviously I'm not on his records or his what he has recorded up until then, and 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 I'm listening to these songs and I'm like, okay, I, I see like the the fundamental like how I want to ap- approach this, you know? Yeah, they're not going to get you know, like, you know, they're not going to get. Whoever was on that recording, they're gonna get me.
0: Yeah,
1: and I'm gonna try and, you know, put that helmet on of like, okay, approach these songs this way. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's a little bit of guidance here and there that. So you listen to along. some of his older tracks. Oh yeah, to kind of get a
0: yeah yeah yep. for sure. That's yep. great.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm a nerd, man. I, I never <laughs> I'll never I'll never sign onto a gig and 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 not really study. You know the the artist I'm playing with, like where they come from, what they're doing, and like, and and I I've, I've met people that that come right in and they're like, I'm gonna be me and that's that, and I'm I I am that, but I also need to show reverence for what where they're coming from. Sure, sure. That's just, I think that's just like how I always have approached playing music with anybody that I respect. It's just like, I want to get to the the bottom of like where their influences are, where they're, like, tonally, like, what do they sound like? And, yeah. and do as much homework as I can to serve their music and their art and not just walk in and be like, you're going to get Nate Felty. It's like, yeah, you get Nate Felty, but, like, you're going to get Nate Felty that's studying where they're coming from just right. to show them respect, you know?
0: Yeah, no matter what you try and do, mm-hmm. we're always going to sound like yeah. ourselves. But I find it interesting that at the same time, There wasn't a lot, it doesn't sound like in these two situations, there wasn't a lot of specific direction, but you almost preempted that with some study ahead of time, especially with Dan, to kind of wrap your head around. Sure. So, your experience with playing like Waylon grooves and things like that, that Dan's music Mm -hmm. requires. What was your background with that? (laughs) <laughs> For your understanding, we were, were talking about before I'm upstairs, not, the, yeah, the yeah. Texas Shuffle. And you're right. Like, uh, right. How, what's my approach to something <laughs> yeah. like the Texas Shuffle based on my
1: jazz experience? Sure. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll hold my hand up. I, I didn't know anything about Richie Albright until only a couple of years ago. You know, I and I, and it's not because I chose not to study. It was more just like like we were saying earlier. Like I didn't grow up listening to to to, to Waylon or to. Mm-hmm to, 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 hag or to, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't really like, I, I I knew of the music, but never really like sat down, you know, with, I'm going to sound dated here, sat down with my like Walkman or CD player and be like, (laughs) you know, as like a 10 year old kid and be like, okay, what is this? You know, and I, I, I didn't do that. And I feel slightly guilty sometimes when I'm in those environments and I'm, and I'm like, right, like. Of course, I belong here. I've studied it, and I, you know, yeah, yeah. But it is kind of fun. It's it's funny when you when you run into because I've I've worked with um, I've worked with Ben and Noel Haggard, Merle's Merle's sons that kind of carry the carry the torch for him after his passing, and, you know, when I talk with with Ben, the the youngest of the he he calls it the youngest of the second litter of Haggards, (laughs) when I talk with Ben about, you know, just what what he's looking for in his dad's music he's like he's like man obviously there's only one biff and you mm-hmm. know biff adam the drummer from you know years and years and and he's like man i'm not i'm not asking and me, me and Noli aren't asking you to sound like biff with us we're asking you to, to be yourself and and just you know understand how dad's music is supposed to feel mm-hmm. and whatever that translates to you and you're playing is what you know, if if it feels right, you'll know. If it feels wrong, you'll know. Right. And that's kind of, that's that's sort of the approach I had with, you know, like playing like a Wayland groove, you know? Like I now listen back to some of those songs of his, and I'm like, right, okay, it needs to sound like mean. It needs to sound like like forward, forward momentum, you know? It's got to have yeah. this drive to it, right, but it right, also right. Would like, the touch has to be there. And that's where I kind of get into the nerdiness of just like, okay, I wonder what their left hand is doing. I wonder how their right foot is. I wonder how the kick drum, is it like feathered? Are they digging into it? You know, like right. really specific nuances that, I I really try and listen for now, so that's kind of how I've been playing catch up. It's a very long yeah, (laughs) and I think for those of us that maybe grew up listening to more funk or jazz or Mm -hmm. things like that, we come to this Wayland groove and we almost have to dial it back. Yeah, especially our left hand. Yeah, there's a lot of maturity that comes with that. Yeah, doing too much is a, a problem that a lot of people have, myself included. It's a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, you just
0: want to funk it up and just, yeah. you know, but but there is something uh, beautiful finding that space and the simplicity mm-hmm. when it's right. You know, it's right. Yep. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Um, our mutual friend, Robert Miller. Yes. Who, the great uh, I want Robert to thank Miller. him for for connecting us. Mm-hmm. And, and he mentioned that you were working a lot.
1: Uh, with Ben and, and... Oh, I thought you were just going to say, you mentioned that I was working. A, I'm like, well, I try to work as much as I can. Got to gotta, gotta eat around here, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right, that's
1: right. But anyway, yeah, sorry. With Ben, yeah. You were saying... or, or yeah, Rob, yeah. Okay. With the two of them, mm-hmm. or is it just mostly Ben? Or? It's Ben and Noel for the most part, yeah. Okay. Um, once in a while, because they all... I mean, Ben lives out, in, out west in California and Noel lives in Texas. And, um, you know, when they have their shows, they... It's very much like we all kind of come together wherever town we're oh, playing. they that, just fly you out? Thing. And... Usually, okay. yep, yep, yep. Um, and I'd been with him. Um, one of my my dear friends, we shared a uh, studio space together. His name's Toby Caldwell. Uh, he had been playing with them for years, and, and he still does. And, like, I've kind of come in as, like, that, you know, if, if he's unavailable, then I play. And there was a, a period of time where I was... Primarily working with with them when they had their mm-hmm. their their dates and we kind of go shuffle back and forth. But um, yeah, yeah. Part, very much part of the family. So I'm grateful for that. That seems to be a, a pretty common thing uh, these days,
0: especially uh, as work has come back mm-hmm. to the world. Yes, uh, more so thankfully. And uh, but to be on the list, not only as a sub, but to be one of the regulars. There's mm-hmm. been a couple bands recently that. You know, it's like this band has three drummers, and you know, yeah. there's you just kind of rotate as 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 necessary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty interesting, or but course. then you know the material really well, and they're never, right. there's never a like, quote unquote sub that's right. missing out. And
1: I obviously like when I think of a band, you know, I don't I don't think of like yeah, if John Bonham can't be there, who's going to be the sub or you know, you know what I mean? Like I and I and I try and have that approach to like. Sure, there might be more or two other guys that are, yeah, being shuffled around. But I, you know, I'm not. It's, I want everybody that I work with to know that I'm like fully committed to their art and their project. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Grateful to be. I'm, I'm one of those dudes. I think of myself as like a, a a musical chameleon. I try to be at least. Yeah. Where, obviously, we were talking earlier. I kind of grew up very much listening to to jazz, and my grandfather had records blasting every time I was over there, things like that, you know, and uh, so I'd have a different, a couple different, you know, trio quartet groups that I play with here around town whenever yeah. we're not all on the road with who, whomever we're touring with at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like I try and be very much that guy and like not sure. one of, you know, two or three or four people that are coming in. Well, what first hit you when you were younger? You say, was your was your grandfather like a big influence? Very much so, yeah, both my grand... My, both my grandparents, um, yeah, they were, my grandmother, um, she was I guess the first one to notice the the whole like this toddler has rhythm. He's banging on these <laughs> you know, but I, and I you know, I'm probably just three years old screwing around in a bunch of kitchenware, you know. I I, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. But Dude, um, that
0: was like fifteen years ago. I <laughs> do not remember. Just a just a boy.
1: Yeah, no, but I uh yeah, I, I, I kinda grew up very much in, in, in the jazz realm, not by, by choice. Like it was just kind of like that, that was always playing when I yeah. was at my grandfather's I, you know, I would, I didn't really think like, you know, I wasn't listening to these records intently as a six-year-old being like, wow, Ed Thigpen's brushwork is fantastic. <laughs> like I, I was not thinking about that, you know, but I, as I grew older, older meaning like, you know, grade school and, uh, you know, I was, Oh boy, probably seven or eight when my my dad used to take me to his friend's house just to I was kind of just ex, extra there. But he, he would go hang out with his friend Mike, and he Mike had a studio that you know fully furnished, yeah, music studio, and kind of unleashed me to go in there and mess around. And I apparently sat down at the drums and and played, and uh, that was kind of the, the, the start of it. Where I was like, oh wow, he can play drums. Go figure that out, you know. So I had very much a young age like had some schooling okay kind of grew up with it and private uh, lessons yeah, some private lessons and then my I was grateful for a, a pretty strong liberal arts uh, public school I went to in Syracuse okay West, West Genesee High School school district rather but um yeah right in Syracuse there and I uh you know I from age nine eight nine was was around drums and started I, I had a great teacher named uh, Nick Barada who worked with Warner Brothers and another teacher named Mike stacknick who both taught me drum notation uh-huh. and you know I was writing my own beats and transcribing you know just wow. super nerdy like you know yeah. mo- most kids that are 10 or 11 are probably like out you know playing tag getting lost in the woods I- I'm I'm listening to Zeppelin trying to transcribe whatever the, the hell John <laughs> bottoms doing it's just stupid things like that yeah. you know but but I from a young age was kind of always around the scholastic side of music. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as I developed by playing, I was primarily around jazz. So I was like, well, I'll listen to jazz. And then of course I think every teenage boy goes through a classic rock phase of some sort. But, um, I, man, I fell in love with Led Zeppelin and it's been that way ever since. Yeah. And, uh, sure. he's, I would say like, if, it, if, if not jazz, then, then certainly like Led Zeppelin that, I mean, God, that's gotta be my biggest influence just okay. as a drummer, just yeah, listen to John sure. Bonham's playing.
0: I hear that influence and that experience in coming out in your playing, no matter what oh, cool. you're doing, the stuff yeah. that I've heard that you play from the most traditional country mm-hmm. to, you know, funk and fusion. Yep. I hear that in your playing
1: and it's like Yeah. I, I guess it's just like I, I don't know. I, I I've I've had some conversation. One of my, I, my mentor up at, I went to school in a, a state school in New York called Oswego, um, which is just North of Syracuse, right on Lake Ontario. Okay. It's, uh, it's sounds beautiful. It's for, for about <laughs> two and a half months. It's beautiful. Okay. And then it's about zero degrees from oct- late October until so time in May. the practice room is totally fine. Yeah. Great time to be. Yeah. But um, I had a, I had an amazing mentor there who's still, you know, Nine years out, a personal friend of mine. His name's Eric Schmitz, and um, yeah, Eric is somebody who used to always tell me all through my undergrad. There, he's like, he's like, I'm not gonna, you know, show you what. Like, I'm not gonna tell you what I think you should do, but I'm gonna tell you follow your like north star. You know, like mm-hmm. if 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 you really want to do jazz, then I can show you a, a very good couple of routes to go to pursue that career. If you want to do more than jazz, I can show you some, you know, like he, he was, he was such a, a, a great, like roadmap, you know, he, he would show me these different avenues to, to go down to study or to further my studies. And when I got out of school there, you know, before I graduated, he was like, he's like, man, I, I have some friends that live in Nashville and this is about 10 years ago now this is 2010 11 we were starting Mm -hmm. to talk about that he's had some friends in Nashville that are raving about you know just the 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 wide range of musical styles that are starting to happen there okay um both in recording and live performance and it's just, just something you could look into and I'm happy to help you out and you know through through his guidance I I was responsible and 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 applied for for graduate school and all that and Discovered Belmont University through him, right, right, um, and he helped walk me through that whole process. Like, but he, you know, all this to say, he was a very much central figure in me deciding to move here because he was showing me, hey, there's these different things happening here. There's right. a killing like pop country scene. There's a killing like there's a, some. There's a heavy jazz scene coming out of here. There's mm-hmm. also like a gospel thing that I know nothing about. He was being very candid, you know, and, um, just hearing him talk about all this, it it was like, you know, as a 20 year old, that's not really looking too deeply anywhere. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like,
0: what were you thinking about other places? You think like, well, I was thinking
1: about like, like just the, the hubs that we think of in the U S you know, like your New York's or LA or Chicago, Miami, like that, that was like kind of my, at the time, my I was like, okay, I'll reach out to these places and see what happens and mm-hmm. and Belmont, just Nashville, not even so much Belmont, just Nashville itself. When I first visited, I was just like, Okay, there's a lot to, to be had here. How to get into it, I have no idea. <laughs> but I, I, I wanna see what this is all about. Yeah. And it was all him really helping show me the way, but all that to say, long winded answer, like follow your North Star. Like I was like, Man, I don't wanna give up jazz. Right. for how much that I grew up with it but I also like need, I want to expand I want to you know I want to get into the you know more of the the countryside of things Cla- like classic and modern country you mm-hmm. know there's some real gems in in classic country that like records that I had not been hip to until I moved here and now I'm like man these are right these are heavy and then there's like the pop scene like how to you know, working with tracks or running uh, ableton or something you know things like that like that i'm you know i had no idea what the hell that was all about it's been really fascinating and, and you're talking about 2010 having
0: yeah. this conversation mm-hmm. about look there's a jazz scene that's coming out of nashville when i was here in 2000 like i said before there yeah, really wasn't much wild yeah. but to think of even when you are working in a country environment or a gospel thing mm-hmm. There's so many people that have moved to town and are bringing their influences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's this amalgamation of art and music that mm-hmm. is, that's, it's been amazing. It's been really interesting yeah. in this old, well, go to New York if you're going to play jazz, go to LA if you're going to play pop, and yeah. go to Nashville if you're going to play country. It just doesn't. It's not the same. It's not, yeah, Yeah. it just just doesn't work that way. Now it's like, now technology, you can almost live anywhere in some respects, you know, when it comes to recording. But even at that, I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd have half the work uh, if I didn't have the relationships that I
1: have with the songwriters, the producers, the engineers. That's the thing that, you know, living remotely or working remotely, like I want to live remotely. I would love to live remotely, but I would love to work <laughs> closely. Yeah, with, I don't know what with, that means, with people I love that I. Yeah, it's I man. Remotely. Like I, I go back and forth on this because I, I, I grew up in the sticks and you know a house back in the woods and like I love that space with and with nature and I you know I kind of was always appreciating that and like man like when I go see a show here like I can go catch some personal heroes of mine that are playing at like these little restaurants you know Yeah. guys that are on some some proper records you know that I can just be like wow you know you know, some, I'm not going to name drop too many but like if you know one of my no, a, please. A dear friend that I really appreciate like Marcus Finney's playing here oh Marcus gosh, yeah. is an incredible drummer you know yeah, and yeah. A good buddy from Memphis Terrence Clark who's now oh. holding down the Keith Urban gig you know Terrence is a, a dear friend of mine and we've you know met up and seen each other play and just like, you know, if he's in town playing, like just little things like that. Like you can go see them right 15 minutes away from my house. I I don't want to, I don't want to be out in the sticks. If, if something like that can happen like Mm -hmm. multiple times a week, you know? And I'm one of those guys, like I do love recording and I want to very much make records, you know, but I also just like, oh man, I, I feast on like, personal heroes of mine that are just playing that I can go check out and get fresh inspiration from, you know, I do, I am not the most self-inspiring person, you know, I (laughs) I need to go see somebody, you know, just rip and I can, then I'm like, okay, back in the shed, back to work, you know, like in a, in a, in a healthy way. Yeah. And like that, that sort of thing, like, yeah, I, while I do appreciate the space and, of nature, if I can figure out a place where we can just, you know, if I can just teleport back to my house out in, you know,
0: yeah. But I tell you, man, you're in a good spot because you can go see some of these people. Yet you don't have to drive too far to be right. out in in some true. beautiful yeah. nature. I you know. know that's that is true. Um, it would be nice to man. Get there, ter- I met Terrence through this through this podcast. Oh, right? nice. Um, yeah, just, I, mm. I didn't know anything about him, and you do I, now. <laughs> I do now. Yeah, yeah. And, it, man, it was amazing to to chat with him, and mm-hmm. and it's another one of those things when you meet somebody. You become a bigger fan yeah. based on the outcome, and it's like now I follow what he does, and we might have to have a follow up, you know, because like this, this is probably. a you know, we spoke maybe four years ago, and okay. a lot has changed with a him. A lot has certainly changed, but uh, yeah. man, what what an amazing human being! Yep, and and, yep. and obviously great player to yep. him. Yeah, know?
1: he's, yeah. I mean, gosh, talk about a like. You know how 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 do you summarize like like just the feeling of me, like like soul music in Memphis now? And I you know like so many of my favorite records are we're done it you know stacks like so like a lot of I'm not going to dive into it but like when I first heard Terrence play I was like man it, I just I, I felt like I was like tran, you know in a time machine back to like 1971 yeah, or something yeah, you know 72 yeah. and like yeah just to hear and feel what that what that is mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and and there's there's a preservation that I really respect you know yeah I love that and there's also like a modern approach to but I but like someone like Terrence is a a resource that I you know I'm not ever afraid to reach out reach out and ask if I you know hey man like what do you think about this or yeah and yeah. Anyway,
0: well, what are some things that you're doing now? Like, like what okay. is? I know there's. I ask this sometimes. Like, what's a typical week for you? Mm-hmm. That very few people have a, a straight answer to that because it <laughs> yeah, just doesn't really exist.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, if I'm, I like to, always be in and around the community more than anything. So there's, a couple of weekly things that I do. Okay, that are, kind of just, you know, there's no. I guess I'll go through a couple of them, but I, um, I play at a place called Wilburn street tavern okay. on Tuesdays. I was just there last night. It's probably why I was late this morning, <laughs> but, um, I play there with a trio, yeah. uh, called greasy Neal. That trio is led by, uh, my good buddy, Micah Hulsher, who is playing keyboards with Margot price right now. Oh, cool. Um, he's done that for years, but we met on a, one of those like jam cruises, those like week long festival cruises, mm-hmm. um, f- fantastic experience. And, uh, my dear friend, Alec Noonan is playing bass okay. with that trio. Alec and I, man, he, he's he, as a, as drummers, you know, we have like bass players that we just feel really confident working with, yeah, you know? Right, right. And, uh, man, Alec is, is one of those dudes where I just, I never have to, feel stressed or nervous or anything like it's just we, we both hold each other accountable in the most honest, productive way. Mm-hmm. And through Alec I've gotten a lot of opportunities to work with several different people. Um so me, Micah and Alec have that have that trio on Tuesdays. Okay. But um another group that I play with Alec in is called Golden Hour.
0: Mm.
1: Um not named after the Casey Musgrave song. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But Golden Hour is, um, a group that has my buddy, Andrew Golden, who run, not, I'm not gonna say he runs the, like, he leads the charge in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but um, it's a very collaborative group, but Andrew Golden plays trumpet and, uh, synths, keyboard synths. And then my buddy Ryan Connors plays, uh, Mellotron and Rhodes Nice, usually with that group. And, um, all of us go way back, but that's the, the two constants that I have. I also play percussion, um, an earlier Tuesday gig with a, a group called The Pitch Meeting.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about yeah. That. Yeah, that. that Miller was telling me about that, mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard of it before, but the concept sounds amazing. Describe what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'll, man,
1: I'll, I'll try my very best and uh, just I'll hold my hand up for if, if Eric Fortaleza is listening to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Please give me grace in describing what this is. Eric is the bass player, director of the the whole operation. Um, him and the, the slide guitar player, Mike Gannon. Okay. They It's a concept that they started. And basically what the pitch meeting is, they have like a slogan that's music done uh, the right way for the right reasons. And what, what it is is basically a, a, a house band, if you will, um, that consists of usually... Uh, so Eric on bass, Mike on guitar... A guy from Australia, Liam Hogan, on drums, myself on percussion. I used to play drums for them until work and all the rest of it. Yeah, It's kind of switching down and off, but I yeah. play percussion now with them. Um, Tabitha Meeks plays uh, piano and also sings. Um, McKenna Hartland is a great vocalist. She also sings with the group. And then um, David Crutcher plays organ. Okay. Um, I think that's everybody that's usually there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy named Mick Hambley that sometimes plays acoustic guitar as well. Okay, but yeah, that's like more or less the the group. I think I got everybody. Oh, there's also a horn section now. It's pretty My new gosh. this year. Yeah, so three piece horn section. Yeah, but um, yeah. So the group started as like a rhythm section more than anything uh, a couple of years ago. Um, right in the just like right before coming out of COVID. Okay. This was uh, I think November of 2020 is when the group uh-huh. started. It was kind of right when there were occasional little things happening in sure. town, you know, from COVID. And uh, I didn't meet the guys and play with the guys until 2021. Um, I started, we had some mutual friends and we'd see each other play, but never really got a chance to meet and play with each other until well into 2021. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like the, the summer is kind of when I... Is it, is it a thing where songwriters come in? Songwriters come in and yeah. basically play, they'll, they'll, they'll pitch that's pitch meeting. They'll, they'll pitch their songs to them. And it's very like, like, you know, they can bring in like a, a, a little chart written down, with a little you know, a couple changes they can just shout them out on the spot. Yeah, and uh, so no rehearsals.
0: Oh no, no charts before. I did a thing at Not the at years mm-hmm. ago called Chick Singer Night, and it was the first Tuesday of every month. Okay, but you know, three four days before we'd get, of course, at the time mm-hmm. uh, an envelope of CDs and charts, and then yeah, we'd kind of prepare that way, and it, and charts were all over the map. Yeah. You know, it could be number charts, could be very detailed, it's, could be loose, whatever. Yeah. And then you'd go and you'd perform. Mm-hmm. Do a afternoon rehearsal run through quick tops and tails whatever yeah and then then hit it that
1: night this doesn't sound like it's that. it's not that man it's it is it is whatever happens in the moment happens awesome. in the moment you know how and how cool is that it's it can be really cool it can also be very train <laughs> wrecky it can be, it can be and, and there's always eric's a fantastic leader of the pack and he, he does a great job if 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 anything to us internally feels like it's a little bit awry yeah he is a, a great you know, conductor mm-hmm. to kind of pull things together and okay. and make it. And we've had some really special guests over the over the last you know months and years now, which is crazy. But um, but yeah, it's it's essentially just a, a, a backing band for an aspiring songwriter that wants to go up and just play or show their songs to somebody. We'll does just... it stream? I mean, can people? Um, is so it, like they. They do record the the nights every Tuesday. They'll record it, and we'll okay. we'll you know on the pitch meetings, social media. Yeah, they'll have clips. Okay. They'll sometimes post, which is you know, and I, and I'm honest to God, like it's what you hear is just us on the spot being like, okay, we're gonna do it this way, you know. And they might, you know, sometimes what'll happen is if 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 they have a hard time explaining what they want it, the song to sound like, Eric will say, "Well, run like a chorus for me." They'll yeah. play, you know, eight bars, and Eric will count the count the song in, and then whatever happens, you know, it's like one, two, three, four, off yeah. we go, and you you very much have to be a producer in a way, you know, like. Well, and I find that just what you just said there, where he
0: says, "Run the chorus for me," because you know that that's one thing that's kind of an an old trick, especially like when big band leaders were trying to get tempos, they would mm-hmm. sing the chorus to get that, as opposed to thinking of the top of the song, you yeah. think of the meat of the song, you think of the middle to find that groove, that pocket, yep. especially if you're just trying to pull the groove and the tempo out of your ass yeah. and you don't have it written down somewhere. Oh, yeah. That informs you so much. So like, that's brilliant.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's a really cool concept that, that they've come up with, and I'm grateful to, to be part of it from it's very early stages are,
0: th- are there industry people there oh yeah oh yeah okay sure yeah they've
1: had some i mean i mean they've worked with Air- i mean we've worked with we've had like laney wilson yeah um man i mean the, the the band itself we've you know this is a lot of eric and mike's doing but you know, because of this whole operation being so organized and well thought out like that you know we've been able to put shows together at like Brooklyn Bowl and mm. the Basement East. And mm-hmm. we've actually hosted Whiskey Jam before, yeah, I saw which that. was pretty, really pretty great. cool. And then Whiskey Jam had like a 10th anniversary thing at the Ryman that mm-hmm. we were the backing band for, which was a really cool experience. Yeah. And like, you know, it's it, the whole, the whole operation, I, th- I think it's just a brilliant idea, it, it, you know, for one, just to, just to get some really like on the spot, like, production you know this how do how do i learn how to approach these songs these people are coming there, there's a guy that wanted to sound like he was like i want to be like just ball, like balls to the wall rock and roll then you get somebody who's like I, i'm kind of like a regina specter like very delicate mm-hmm. like and then it's just just the, the the range of styles and approaches we've had a, a gentleman come in that had like a proper it looked like a big band chart you know it's like a Gordon Goodwin chart, and there's like these different rhythmic hits and stuff happening and like very well fleshed out. And you know, it's like for one, you're just you know on the spot trying to think how the song should feel and go. Then you have somebody come in, like, I need to be, I want it to be this tempo with these hits. So it really stretches your brain to like be hip to all of that possibility, you know? And you can
0: have all these other skills. In your toolbox, mm-hmm. and I hear in your playing, like the ability to express yourself in almost any direction you want to go, that, like man, in yeah, thank a you. really great way, man. It's really yeah. fun listening to you play, but also hear that, like this experience is is like setting you setting you in motion to like do mm-hmm. whatever you want to do if it's in the recording field, yeah. Because those skills of being able to come up with a part right away, yep. be fast, be able to pull yep. from uh, different. Artists and understand styles and mm-hmm. things like that, and just have a broad knowledge. Yeah, of, and that's one thing that 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 uh, uh, people f- forget about. That for a lot of the session players that I've had the opportunity to to interview, they, yeah. they say when someone references something, I want this. I want almond
1: like early seventies Almond Brothers. Mm-hmm. You
0: have to know what they're talking about. Yeah,
1: yeah. And if you don't, then you know, hold your hand up. Be humble like that's another thing yeah, too okay. like there's yeah, cool. there's a lot of like moments where i just nod my head yeah yeah. And, yeah and like hey, sure, and, dude, whatever. that's obviously like a po- the polite thing to do like <laughs> yeah yeah, but... yeah gotcha but like you know but... when you're in the red it's like mm-hmm. what the hell is he doing is he really you're wasting time if you don't just yeah be, be ask the questions that yep. are necessary yep. Yep. yeah and, right. and man just being part of some some recording just some albums in the past like in the past like did a, I mean, I did a really fun, like classic country record with an artist named Brennan Lee, who, uh, just, just traditional country really, okay. um, done right now, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that was at, that was over at Sound Emporium, uh, room A. Another, that Alec was on that session playing upright bass too. But, um, the, the direct, the, the producer rather, uh, Chris Scruggs, I don't know if you know Chris Scruggs at all, um, it's very much an encyclopedia for okay. for classic country and even modern country, to be honest. But um, Chris was the uh, the producer, and you know, you want to say like he would reference these specific records, and he's like, you know, I want I want to have like kind of like Buddy Harmon from this era, and I'm obviously I know a whole bunch about Buddy Harmon, but like man. I got to be honest, like I got to go in the other room and pull up this record that he's referencing because I don't quite know what he's aiming for. And then you listen to it and you're like, damn, he has got a hell of a, a hell of an ear. And I'd, I'd hear what he was doing in the record, what Buddy was doing in the record. And I would go approach Brennan's song with that feel. And yeah. like, and because I was like, I, th- I just want to like, because I was humble and was like, OK, I, I, I'm not hip to this. I'm going to go really lay some ears on this and and then come in like that preparation you know albeit kind of short like because i made the time and went and did that like the song was ironed out that much more yeah fluidly you know and like some of those tunes that we came up with i mean we were talking about metronome things like that that was one of those like classic it, it was done all of us close together in the room, no click track, just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we're going to capture it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I'm grateful to do a couple, a couple projects like that, where you're just like, you know, you have to, you know, if you don't know what you're being referenced, like hold your hand up, get hip to it. And then it it make, it just helps you grow. You know, if, if you, if you have your head in your ass
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're like, Oh no, I got it. I got it. If you don't have it, like, at the end of the day, like you'll get found out and like, it's better to be, at least from my perspective, it's it's better to be humble and like learn. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not on the session on a whim, like you're being trusted for your sound. If, if you don't know something, just hold your hand up and Hey, help me, help me through this. Like, what do you mean? Okay. Check this out. And then you're off to the races, you know?
0: I feel like if there's anything that anyone could take away from what you're saying is that. At the beginning of this interview, they're going to hear some of your playing, and they're going to be like, oh, shit, this guy can play. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get to this point in the conversation, and you're going to say, you know what? Someone's going to reference something, and I'm not going to know what it is, yeah. and I'm going to go find out. Yeah. So our listeners are going to be like, man, Nate can play. Well, that's there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, in addition, and I'm guessing it's a combination. Yeah. You had friends growing up parents, friends, parents, that recognized your talent. But also, you knew that work needed to be put in to oh, yeah. nurture that. And you're predisposed to commitment yeah. and hard work. And mm-hmm. I've heard some other things, interviews you've done, and where you were like, I will work on this until it's right. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessive about it. Yeah,
1: I'm a, I'm a stickler for a yeah. lot of that stuff, you know. Yeah. And I was... When I first moved here, I met some guys that were in a, you know, we just, we all shared a lot of the same interests in music and musicians and things like that. Uh, I've I mentioned one of the guys before, Ryan Connors, who plays the uh, Rhodes and Mellotron for the Golden Hour Band I mentioned that plays okay. on Fridays, but um, Ryan and I met almost at the same time when we first moved here in 2012, and uh, he's a, a brilliant MD he's the musical director for YOLA right now yeah um I Megan Coleman says hello oh Megan what's (laughs) up sweetheart yeah oh yeah that's a whole I could I could talk about I could rave about Megan in a whole different episode but um but yeah so he is now MD for YOLA but but when we first met we were you know just kind of trying to navigate our way through grad school and just kind of share our interests and Mm we had met a couple other musicians that we wanted to just collaborate and work with and all this to say, this group called Dynamo came out of it. Right, And um, that was an experience like, talk about like what we used to do, sort of similar to the pitch meeting, we would have residencies at, at we played at Acme downtown uh-huh. a couple times a month and we'd have different uh, you know musicians like guest vocalists or horn players like different people that would come in and we'd Arrange their music for our group and just like you know.
0: Were you in grad school at the time? Yeah. When this group was okay.
1: Oh yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. It was you know sc- this was this is starting to be a, a time where school was sort of getting in the way. <laughs> yeah. It's like man, like a r- good this transition. is cool. Well, yeah. but, but
0: I want to ask about Dynamo, but, but sure. But I, I want to just pause for a second yeah. and ask why graduate school? Why not just jump into
1: music? Uh, man, yeah, I I, I remember making that decision as you know 21 22 like I remember right as I was finishing up undergrad I was like man I'm not gonna stay in upstate New York I'm I'm gonna go into the deep end here well I do love where I'm from and who I've worked with up there like the inspirational side of things like when I first visited Nashville I was like there are some musicians here that like they're, they're, they're speaking a language that I don't, I don't know that I am fascinated by. Mm-hmm. And, um, just the, the wide range of things and happening as well as just inspirational from performance. But one, as opposed to
0: like just moving, yeah, here, you're just right? moving
1: here. Like I wanted to just, you know, I just wanted to get right into it, but I also was apprehensive because I was broken 21 years old. I'm like, dude, I, I can't. I, I can't just like come up, come here with, with, with no bread. Like I, I won't be able to sustain myself here. Yeah. And grad school was kind of the professional sounding reason to okay. move here. I was like, okay, move. I got got into this program. Like fantastic. Like I'll live off some loan money from the, from the college until I figure out what the heck I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, gratefully, I'm gr- grateful. Yeah. That, that all ended up working out in a way where I could, your degree is in commercial? Uh, commercial over- music performance, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, performance emphasis, but yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, I kind of always had a, an interest in, like, the pedagogical side of things, like being a teacher. Sure. Not full-time. Like, I don't want to be a full-time teacher. I just, I love playing and touring too much to be doing that. Maybe it'll change when I get older. <laughs> but um, yeah, so grad school was more or less, like, a, a means to connect with a whole bunch of different people. And I kind of, that was kind of like my reason for, okay, I want to move here just to, you know, be in a new community and get, and be inspired. But like having that to sort of help facilitate the move, right? it really, you know, I, I'm not the most outgoing person and, and, and being in a program like that, just because you can play and you, you're you introduced to all these different groups, like yeah. you're going to meet people Right. Quickly. Even if you're awkward, like, you know, you're <laughs> going to meet people and, and they're going to respect you for, for you. Uh-huh. And um, while that could happen, just moving here, obviously, I I just didn't, ha- I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know what I was even walking into. Sure. Uh, I, that
0: seemed like the, that was the gateway. That was kind of the yep. introduction to the city and to the community yep. Yep. for you. And yeah, it, I had that through the music store when I moved here. And mm-hmm. that was a way for me to int- be to. Learn about the community to introduce myself and to be introduced uh, to the the broader community Mm -hmm. was through Forks Drum Closet for a couple years. Other people do it through school. Other people do it through maybe a band that they move here with. Mm -hmm. So there's like so many different ways to get into the scene. For those of us that are socially
1: awkward, (laughs) I'm in that camp for sure. Yep. Yeah. So you know, getting into school and getting right to it and meeting people like Ryan and my like-minded buddy. people too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like-minded people. And yeah. like, you know, when you, when you use school as sort of not, not a, for me, it like, I wasn't hanging my head on school. It's more trying to use it as a platform to branch out and meet people, you know, because surely in the community at school, someone's going to say, Hey, you should check out this gig over here. Like yeah. such and such is playing. And that's how, I mean, that's, the the band Animal started from that. It was just this eagerness to get out and meet people and and work with people to inspire that inspire you, you know. And uh, yeah, that was very much a springboard into whatever the hell but I you do. You guys now. won some awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was it. Took you know that was after school, but yeah, the group itself started in t- 2012 and kind of it's you know we surfed that you know as we worked as hard as we could to keep that group going right. for years and and we'd made records together and um yeah one of those records had had did yeah it had won uh, oh man I can tell industry you. music award yeah yeah <laughs> yeah National
0: industry music yep. awards 2015 for best funk fusion band and album of the year
1: yeah for their 20 for your 2015 yep. release that's, that's, that's find your way that's that find that your record way. yeah yep. yeah, yeah That was a lot of fun. We also did that at Sound Emporium Studio A. Wow. That was a cool, so that, man, this is a whole, I'll try and keep this not, not too long winded, but um, anytime Dynamo went in to record an album, um, we were inspired by a a band from Texas called Snarky Puppy, which I'm sure you know about. Um, And we wanted to just kind of capture that essence of of a live audience reacting to just us, you know, just. Being ourselves and, mm-hmm. and you know improvisa- improvisation or otherwise just grooving and like we ended up so we cut three different albums. Um, the first one we cut at Ocean Way, yeah, um, and obviously for a bunch of early twenty-somethings, it's like how the hell are we going to afford this? <laughs> and uh, so we're like, okay, we'll kind of take a page out of Snarky Puppy's book. We'll 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 make it like a, a concert, like a tick, you know, we'll bring in chairs surround the whole room there you know Mm -hmm. like ticket sales will facilitate the costs hopefully offset most of them and it thankfully did but um yeah so we did that at studio or sound emporium and ocean way but that find your way we did it at sound emporium okay that was in 2014 i think is when we recorded it okay um yeah that was a lot of fun we you know we went to our friends houses and grabbed couches and love seats and we try to make it a big, you know, living room, you know, we th- threw all these couches and chairs around the whole studio yeah, and had audience people sitting around. There's videos on YouTube of all of us tracking this, these songs, all these songs. And uh, yeah. it's just funny to see, you know, you're, you're like laying into this groove and there's like your best friends from, you know, I had a, I had a friend from, high school come down just like sitting in the crowd i'm like dude this is this is crazy you know like and they're like right across from you and um yeah just and the, the third record we did we did actually in syracuse my hometown oh wow Yep, that was uh done the same way at a studio up there called subcat studios
0: so are you guys is are you putting it on like a live performance yep.
1: just one down yep and we you know obviously it's not just one try and you're done, we, we made sure we'd give ourselves a couple tries. To, okay. Okay. You know, so, so what we ended up doing, you know, studio we, audience. yeah, yeah. So studio so audience. So yep. you're going to experience maybe this song two or three times. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, uh, well, it was like, not so much of that. Cause we'd have different people come in for different, you know, so we record oh. at like noon, you know, we'd, we'd run oh, the whole album down and then we'd have some, another crew come in at four run the album oh, that's down. That's brilliant. And uh, yeah, and we ended up, you know, at the end of the session, we'd all sit with our headphones or monitors and just be like, you know, on our own time, like, okay, everybody got to have a band vote, you know, which take is our favorite take here? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? And, and we choose, oh, it was awesome, you know, and it's very much like, I don't like to, I I try my best not to be, I'm only competitive with myself, but like. You, know, you try your best to be like giving yourself grace, like, okay, this is our strongest take. Maybe I felt better about the drum take in this, but we got to think bigger picture here. Collectively. Yep. And that's
0: that was a decent sized band.
1: I mean, there were, oh boy, our first record had a s- string section. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were 20. 20 uh, didgeridoos? Tw- yeah, something like that. 21 members, I think, in the first okay. session. <laughs> More didger Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The whole background vocal. Yeah, it was was an operation. And, you know, you had to really think, like, okay, the best take collectively is the one we go with, you know. And like you say, it it was a phenomenal experience, you know. In the moment, you're just like, God, don't suck. You know, just do a good job. Like, serve the music. Like, express yourself. And, like, listening back now, you know, obviously there are times when I'm listening to some of these cuts from our records, and I'm like, yep. I sound like I'm in my, my twenties here, ah, you know, you know, yeah. it, but, but one of my favorite, I, I, it still holds up as my favorite personal recording it, recorded track is a tune called Try that we did at Sound Emporium on that record, find your way. Yeah. Um, just, just, I remember feeling just so special when we did it and like, just, just felt so good about it. And, uh, you know, six, seven years later, I'm listening back and I'm like, man, I'm really glad we were able to capture that, you know? So that's like the whole the live element of of an album that I really appreciate. Well, maybe we'll plop that a little bit of that track in like right now, so (laughs) people can hear
0: uh, somewhat. It's a cool tune. Want to get in, into the weeds about sure. you know a track, kind mm-hmm. of look under the hood yep. for our Patreon members mm-hmm. and supporters of the podcast. Yeah. And so, uh, if you're listening to the regular episode now, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a left turn. We're gonna go someplace, and uh, Nate's gonna talk about this song. We're gonna talk about I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but it could be yeah. anything from t- snare tuning, mm-hmm. mic placement, how you came up with the part. Yep. And we'll get into this, it. this is going to, this little segment is going to be exclusive for our Patreon members.
1: I'm a fundamentals guy, man. I, I sit, it sounds so, it's just, it's, it sounds so simple, but like I'll, and I'll sit and with a, with a drum pad and paradiddles and a metronome and a, you know, a glass of coffee, cup, a you know, cup of coffee, iced coffee, whatever. Usually, iced coffee at this time of year. But I'll I'll just sit and and work through rudiments. Yeah. I'll give myself. It's like it's like going to the gym, you know. Like I'll yeah. every is if I if I have the time, I'll give myself you know an hour plus every day just to sit with rudiments and just work through that. And then I'll pop on different different days, different different practicing regi- sure. I'll, I'll I'll pop on a record and. Just do that, and you know, I'll play along with a record, I'll sit with a record, study it, sit with a groove, and study it. I'll open up a a workbook, like you know, anybody that studies jazz probably knows about John Riley.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, You know, it's never a bad idea to pop open those books. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, like putting you know, that stuff through, like Dave Garibaldi, the drummer for Tower of Power, one of my another one of my heroes, I've not yet to mention. He's got, you know, that, that his book, Future Sounds is a book I used to always sit with. and So funny. Put, those, books, those, those are on my regular rotation. Yeah. Riley and... and. Yep, yep. <laughs> Stuff like that. Man, it's, it, it, I've gone through those books multiple times, but like, you know, there's never, all there's always different ways to practice and yeah. I try and, I try and think of different ways I can practice those particular things, you sure. know, and sure. some of the ways like just to For anybody that, you know, that wants to expand, like, yeah, I I played through the book, you know, what, what gives? I'm like, yeah, but did you play through the book trying this on the high? Like, like, can you open and close your hi-hat on two and four instead of just closing it? Like, can you splash it on two and four? Can you, you know, can you, can you play, like, I worked with Chester Thompson at Belmont um, for two years. Great great mentor at Belmont and obviously his work speaks for itself with what he's done with Zappa, you know, Wayne short, like, you know, some, some of the, some of the Phil Collins, Genesis stuff, Mm -hmm. like his whole, you know, he, we got a lot of jazz fusion nerd moments together, but, but something that he hit me to, he was like, man, you know, I like to make, you know, time to, to get my, obviously I'm right-handed, but like, maybe I want to, switch and play swing time on my left hand and move Mm -hmm. my right over there just to free. Okay. Get, get that side of my body hip to what this side's doing. So I don't get stuck in a certain way of doing things. And again, everybody's approach to each their own. Like some people are like, dude, why would you, you'll never play a straight ahead gig left-handed. But for me it was like, right. But I wanted like, get this hand, get that flexibility to, 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 to just be able to do that and feel what that feels like left and right-handed or, like, left and right foot even, you know. got more room in the CPU yeah, so that when exactly. you're called to do something outside your quote-unquote comfort zone, mm-hmm. it's still, you can reach... Yeah, just little, little things like that to, like, expand the brain a little bit, you know. So I would, you know, go through future sounds and yeah. be like, okay, obviously, awesome, filled with so much information, and, like, I'd play through it, and I'm like, yeah, I got through it, okay. But... Can you play through it where you're opening, closing the hi-hat on mm-hmm. different partials of the 16th note, you know, like make it, 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 it almost, it, the book almost turned into, into a, into like a Mike Clark, Herbie Hancock, like Funk Fusion, you know, like I'm, I'm name dropping, but like just some of my favorite Funk Fusion players, like Dave Garibaldi, obviously, but Mike Clark is another guy who worked with uh, the Headhunters yeah. with Herbie for, for several yeah. years in the seventies. And, and he his whole thing, like he showed me, man, he's like obviously linear funk drumming, like like Dave, but like I also like to incorporate opening and closing the hi hat a whole bunch in different areas. And there's it's interesting you talk about linear
0: and just because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always curious to know how people are spending their practice time. Just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a linear groove that I learned probably 30 years ago, mm-hmm. but I still it I still have to go back to it and find new ways to approach it, new ways of voicing it. Yep and also kind of uh gauge kind of where i'm at mm-hmm. kind of how i'm feeling and stuff yep. like that and it's uh once i feel like that that's kind of in place uh i can do other things you yeah. know i can go uh, with, with with an emphasis on the the, the basics mm-hmm. you know uh respecting that yeah. new like at this point how important it is just to play very simple but with clarity yep you know yep. and it's interesting you talk about garibaldi we have not had him on yet but mm-hmm. i had a chance to talk with with uh, michael bland a couple of weeks oh, ago yeah. yeah yeah and he's like yeah garibaldi is a huge influence yeah, uh, was one of bland. prince's favorite drummers yeah. and, um, yeah. and so we've talked about for anyone that hasn't heard that episode we've talked about having michael co-host with me oh, and yeah. having david on um, yeah, and you right. let me know when that is. Yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna to hit record and let those two yeah, go. But yeah. I, I'm so excited about that, that concept. So this is that'll be awesome. But um, but you've also done some teaching as yeah, well. Yeah. I know, uh, and the, you've had different positions, like yeah.
1: at University of the South. Yep, and... yeah, I've been adjunct there for three, 29 Yeah, three years now. I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. What's involved in that? Um, man, it's it's basically just. Like when do you do that? When do yeah, you have time? I know, I know. <laughs> Tuesdays, Tuesdays, are, Tuesdays. Are, are University of the South days. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm adjunct there teaching jazz, jazz drum set. Really, that's that's the okay. primary focus they wanted me on for. Yeah, um, and those days consist of you know it's like a if you think of like an individual lessons, um, sure. students sign up for. Like I teach depending on what they there's their skill sets plus what they want to get into there's I always leave room as a teacher I'm like man something I really appreciated that both my mentor Eric from undergrad and Chester even like mm-hmm. they they both kind of were like you know I, I've got this information that is very important but like also what do you want to get out of this you know there's like I, I, I leave room for like you know what do you want out of this as well because I'll give you what I know you should 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 really study, yeah, but if you like say you want to learn more about fusion drumming or you want to get more into straight ahead like like I want to always leave some room for what the individual wants as well you know so those lessons are very very hands-on which that's I've taught like I was like a, in grad school I, I would co-lead ensembles occasionally if the professor was away. Mm-hmm. Um, assistantship I think is what they I forget the the term for it it's been years (laughs) but um, things like that where you're working with a a, a classroom of people um, while I do appreciate that and and I find that it's a little bit more it's overwhelming for me to to, to teach in like you know like work with a horn section for example and be like hey like let's articulate these figures I, I get in my own head a little bit I'm like man like Yes, I've played with horns for 20 years, but like I you know, I didn't study the saxophone. Yes, mm. I know that this needs to be phrased differently or worked out, but like the technical side of that, like I would rather focus more on just drums. So right. getting getting the opportunity to teach just one-on-one drum set students. But you've been in positions yeah. where you've had to
0: organize an ensemble Mm -hmm. but you think about in our past like uh, any of us that have spent time in a band situation concert band in high school college yeah or big band or or whatever it is or middle school you've got one person in the front that is trying to maybe has experience maybe trumpet is their instrument yeah now if they have their degree in teaching right I as as I did in, in undergrad mm-hmm. we had to learn woodwinds and brass yep. and strings and everything so they have you know a semester of drums yeah so they can say hey uh, you know <sighs> they can identify the bass drum right but you know they have to instill confidence that they're in charge they know what they're doing yeah. so you kind of have to be like well how do i use my musical sensibility sure. as a "Quote unquote drummer, but yep. I also I understand enough about music that right. I can, you know, find the words to get yeah, the
1: get the, the saxophone player yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Yep. to do this. And, and I know. and I you know can confidently say I've 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 done that to the best of my ability. But like you know, like you had meant like I I doing like at University of the South at Swanee down there, like I'm doing exactly what I know the most about." like yeah. chiefly like 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 okay jazz drum set like and I love and I'm a hands-on teacher like to the point where like you know I I, I feel like people are almost off put by my energy teaching sometimes I, I come across as a very like soft-spoken like uh-huh you know like yep. calm calming influence but like if I'm teaching and working with somebody who's Really got something cool going on, and they're trying to learn something. I'll, you know, I turn into like a. I grew up with sports, I turn into like a, like a proper coach. I'm like, hey, grab, you know, right hand, right hand, do this. You know, and I'll, and I'll like, yeah. not grab them, but like grab their stick, like right hand. You know, focus on this. I want you to watch that ride symbol. I want you to to do that pattern. Let everything else be autopilot. I want you to work on this. Like, it becomes like almost yeah, like a, like a trainer, you know? Right, right. And and that's. You know, i i feel like i used like the gym reference earlier just like i like bulking up in the sense of like i want to to take each part of this person's like coordination and single it out and grow it you know develop it
0: and it's a balance cuz you have to you as a coach you have to be somewhat of a cheerleader yes a mentor yeah uh, inspiring and yet Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it like you're responsible for their growth and so because you're passionate for what you do you're like you know that there's there has to be an intensity that Mm -hmm. isn't maybe isn't always
1: comfortable for maybe even you or, or the student yep um yep yeah and it's you know there's also that like End of the semester jury performance is like, how Let's have your go. students been doing? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're with your colleagues, and it's like, um, hey, little Jimmy's really not swinging too hard. What's going on this whole semester? And I'm, you know, that's not happened. But it's just like I, I, at thought as always well, in the back of my head, you know, it's like, obviously, I want these my students to grow as as. When you're talking about
0: college students, you're not talking about yep, high school students, yep. where
1: it's like, okay, we're adults now, right? Let's get it together, right, right, yeah. and and, on, and I've had those. Conver- and my my mentor Eric, you know I remember we there was one lesson I had in undergrad where I just wasn't I was just you know I was just total shit to be honest. Like I just it was some jazz solo transcription I had been working on and I had sh- was practicing it, working through it and and I couldn't play it in the lesson. And Eric was like, "When's your next class?" You know, and then on the hour, and, let's go get some lunch. Let's let's have a talk here. You know, and he sat me down and he was just like you and I both know that, that you're working on this. Yeah. I want you to get out of your head. And like, like you say, like what you mentioned earlier, like we're adults, like we, yeah. we need to grow. We want to grow. Like we can't, if, 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 if you're not working, I'll be able to tell and mm-hmm. I'll call you out. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those moments where I know you're working. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not, you know, and, more to it
0: than that. Yeah. yeah. And
1: and I talked with some of my students at the college about that. You know, I one you know, one of the guys I worked with, I was like, I was like, man, like, I got, I got to just, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but like, did you, you know, just, you can be honest with me. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to interrogate you. Like, are you, are you putting the time in that you think is adequate to, to work through this? And he held his hand up. He's like, man, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I apologize. And I was like, man, don't, don't think, don't think of it like you have to apologize to me. Like I'm, I'm here to help you grow. And like, Mm -hmm. yes, I, at the end of the day, like I'm a, I do have to grade you, but like, like if you want, what you say you want out of this like a lot of it's just like you know it's, yeah. it's on the self and, and I, I want to like you say be a cheerleader I want to help yes. you do this right, right. and uh, if you're not working at it then like what are we you know
0: I think that's the toughest thing about teaching is mm-hmm. that a lot of us come to it that man when I discovered drums I was so inspired and yeah. and I, this is all I wanted and I worked really hard at it and and then then you find yourself teaching and they people don't have the same passion that yes. you have. I'm like, why not?
1: I know. And, and I, and, and I, I'm sure myself too, like, I'm sure I've, I've been, you know, in lessons that I've had with players that I really look up to this private lessons, one-on-one random one-on-one lessons, one-off lessons. I'm, I wonder if they think that about me, you know, like, hmm. uh, so I, I, it's never like a, I'm way up here, come up to my level, it's it's like, no, I I feel that same, like, not guilt, but like, I feel that same sort of like, oh, wow, do they, are they looking at me being like, what are you doing, kid? Are you trying to grow? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm, I'm said earlier, like, I'm competitive, but like with myself, like.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, me too. Me too. I, and it's really interesting, like, especially taking lessons, uh, you know, as, as a player that's working full time, yeah. uh, this uh, idea w- was presented with an interview that I had, uh, I don't remember who it was, but talking, and, and basically the idea was, look, Tiger Woods has a coach, mm-hmm. one of the greatest golfers of all time. Yeah. He has a coach. Yeah. So why this idea of not having a coach or a teacher or someone that yeah. you work with? At this point in your life, it seems absurd. There's Mm -hmm. financial restraints sometimes, there's time restraints, there's other things like that. But to think that I don't need lessons is foolish. Um, And speaking of coach, like I'm working with a coach now, a personal trainer. Oh, cool. um, Who's a drummer. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Aaron Apter. Okay. Um, And so he's helping me kind of like stay in shape, get focused on what I need to do yeah. to continue to play drums, yep. you know. And, you know, I've had some repetitive stress injuries that I've had to manage and things like that. But I know that you had an injury. Oh, on yeah. too. And yeah, I reached out to Megan Coleman uh, to say, hey, I know you know you know uh, Nate and wonder if you have something. And she's like, I'm really curious about, was it a tendon yeah. that you tore? Yeah, and, I
1: didn't tear, I snapped it.
0: Wow. How that cleaned. happened like what was the recovery like?
1: It, it was man, yeah, this is this is a wild a wild. This was uh oh boy, yeah, it was 4 years I uh this month 4 years in March uh 22nd, March 22nd, 4 years ago I had my surgery. It's always like a, it's like a second birthday I think of, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like man that that literally saved my career. Um yeah, so that happened 4 years in about five months prior there about five months where i had i was carrying this injury and i i remember exactly what i was doing when it happened where it was That was at diamond sound rehearsal studios i had a space there that i shared with a couple other drummers Mm -hmm. um one the aforementioned toby caldwell um i shared it with a couple other guys too but uh yeah i was just shedding music for um a gig i was i was subbing so i'm oftentimes uh a sub guy for Mm -hmm. just a hired gun. If whoever can't make it friends and friends. And I was subbing for my, my dear friend, Devin Gilfillian who I now play percussion for and some, you know, sometimes drums if, if his, his drummer John's unavailable, but, uh, I was subbing for a run with him. He was sharing a bill with Drew Holcomb. Okay. Um, and I was practicing his music just, and it's not like, I'm not like going balls to the wall, like hitting as hard as I can. It's just, I'm just shedding, you know, just groove based stuff. And, uh, just freak accident. I went up, did a fill, crashed a cymbal with my left hand and I felt a pop wow. right on underneath my pinky. Um, the base of my wrist between the base of my wrist and my, my base of my pinky, mm-hmm. that whole tendon, I felt a pop. And I was like, I "Did just, you know, instant, what happened?" no instant okay. burn instant like all the way up the side of my arm to about my elbow yeah. um, so I just got up I was like oh shit like I wonder if it's tendonitis cause I had some friends that had dealt with tendonitis for years prior and you know they always just advocate man stretch like you're a drummer you, you shed like several hours a day usually if you're not yeah. on the road you know like just just stretch Like that's all I can say like take care of yourself so I was like man I I think I have tendonitis. like oh crap like uh how does this even heal does it heal will it not heal like I'm freaking out you know and I'm I put my sticks down I got up and I just went back to my house and Devin's run was like two days later and I'm just free I'm like dude I can't even shed the music I need to learn Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh you know so I go on this 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 run with him and and uh, yeah, I, I like to say that I held my emotions in check. I don't think they had any idea what I was going like. Like I, I they knew that I was suffering from what I thought was tendinitis, but like I was like, "Fellas, like you know, I'm, I'm giving you my best. You know, know that no matter what, I'm giving you my Did you best." you tell them, "Hey, I think something happened," but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very okay. candid. I was like, "Man, I was you know, shedding the music, and I felt this burn in my hand, and I, I don't know, but like." I'm just letting you know that I'll, you know, okay. I'll do the necessary, I'm, I'm going to ice it. And I, I, you know, I, in the van going from state to state, I would, had ice and, on it and yeah. just stretching and
0: yeah.
1: all this to say, it was, there's no reason I had to do any of that because it was a snap tendon that needed to be repaired. But I didn't know at the time. So I'd finished that run and it was, you know, shows shows went great. Like I played and like, I got to be honest, man. Like I grew up with sports and like I played with a broken foot before. (laughs) I'm just one of those like dipshits that like adrenaline just kind of like carries you through. Don't, don't worry about it until the job is done kind of thing. Uh And I remember during some of those songs, like going for a crash, I would just, I would feel like zing a burn right up, right up the whole forearm, you know? And you know, the whole thing and it's swollen all around the base of my wrist. And I'm, I know like, I don't know what it is, but I know it's, it's something, you know, and I, and I thought it was tendonitis cause that's everybody around me was like, Oh yeah, dude, tendonitis is killer. You know, like your, yeah. your hand can swell up. Like it's you're, you'll find that your mobility yeah. and then I'm like, everybody's an armchair medic. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and, and, you know, obviously they're trying to be supportive and like the, the run went fine, that the whole thing went fine. And I continued to play. I, you know, I'm, I'm dude, I'm, I'm out of college, like 20, 27, you know, I'm just like, I need to work, you know. I, right. I I'm not the kind of guy that can just afford to take. I know because people are like Do you have You
0: needed to just yeah. you need
1: to rest. I'm like this
0: is my gig. It's, yeah, man. it's
1: it's, is... it's also it's like it's like workers comp. Like what the hell is that? We're we're <laughs> we're work, we're freelance pay. musicians. You know, like, yeah. we're, we're taking work. You know, and like yeah. And I work a a friend of mine that I need to mention, Kelsey Walden. I've been with her her band for almost seven years now, she's on John Prine's label, Oh Boy Records, and and another band I share with Alec, you know, that helped me get that, that opportunity. And, uh, she was somebody who I, you know, was, had a lot of touring with at the time as well. And I was like, it's like, listen, Kels, like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to try and push through it as best I can. And I, for months, you know, this, this injury happened in October of 2017. So through the rest of the fall I'm like you know nothing it was it was the same sort of pain and burning all the way through for I put up with it for about a week and then went to see someone that said oh it sounds like tendonitis here wear this brace and stretch another month later it's like Thanksgiving time and I'm like dude nothing has changed like this is like I'm doing everything you're telling me to do as like a, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. hands doctor and like I'm telling you right now, like I can't lift. If I put my hand on the table, I couldn't lift my pinky up. Oh, my it was God. just complete, like it wasn't there, you know. Oh, Jesus. And uh, and I'm like, man, I don't know what this is, but it, it, surely it's more than tendonitis. Like I can't move this finger ever. So over the the holiday period, I went and visited a, a like a a doctor who was a family friend that. Specialized with with you know like tendon tendons and things like that mm-hmm. and got an MRI and and uh, he's looking at the MRI and he's like, man, I don't want to assume, but it looks like like he's looking at the MRI and looking at me like it's like dude you're you're in your mid twenties what the like, I don't want to assume like this MRI is showing that it looks like your tendon might be ruptured, mm. like. I I think you should he didn't even tell me he couldn't confirm he was like man it looks like it might be ruptured Mm -hmm. like you have been doing this for 30 years it looks like is it it or not you know know. what's going on here and he said man it it, it looks like it might be ruptured and you you should look into getting a second MRI when you get back to Nashville just to confirm but um, I've been doing this for 30 years I've never seen this before holy shit and um, just you know my mother is looking at me just like, you know, she, I'm like, don't freak out, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, oh boy, like, uh, what does that even mean? Like, can I, right. did not... you get a second? MRI? I did. I did. Yeah. I did. Um, I got it. I got that in January. So I waited like okay. another month, just, you know, health insurance. That's a whole other battle. Right. Dealing still with that. playing gigs, still playing gigs, still playing gigs, uh, just geez. trying to work, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got a second MRI in in late January, Okay. of twenty eighteen, uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. And brought in the results and I met this doctor, Dr. Desai, Mahir Desai, and he's like, Well, you're my first like first what? It's like you're my first patient that's ever ruptured this tendon.
0: Wow.
1: Uh he's like, I've heard of people do that have dealt with this that have uh you know like like degenerative Conditions that are in their seventies, eighties. That you know, with with age, uh-huh. um, I need to s- tell you like this. Just seems like a fluke, freak accident. Yeah. Um, and it can be repaired. So this is uh, this is going to be my first rodeo. Just so you know, and there's a couple different options we have here. Um, I'll tell you what I recommend, and I'll tell you what we what else we could do. Um, I recommend just going in with some artificial material pseudo tendon like kind of a patch to connect the, the tendon that ruptured so we're gonna you know the the, the ruptures little bump above my wrist that was from the the tendon itself not to get too graphic but yeah, the tendon right. coiling up uh-huh. after it ruptured he's like well this procedure we'd uncoil it and we'd use this material to sort of bridge the two pieces together and I'd stitch it together and the material would be permanently in your hand to kind of keep that tendon intact right right, um, right. doing that, you won't have all the mobility of your pinky finger, but you'll have equal strength if you do the procedure and the uh-huh, the uh-huh. the therapy afterwards. Like you'll be, it'll be just like it was. You just won't have the mobility. Interesting. The other procedure we can do, which will have complete mobility, is to graft part of another tendon. Oh, and, I'm uh, assuming that's what you went with. It's not what I went with. You know,
0: oh, I didn't went graft
1: stri- yeah, I went with the secret. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So if you look at my hand, there's a little bump right here just this oh, part right here okay yeah um, that is literally there's a little it's, it's a little piece of material that's kind of served as like a bridge to so what was the recovery like uh, after that three months so yeah. and did you um, not touch sticks did I couldn't you? touch anything like wow. play anything for, for two months yeah. I was told after two months like they said six to eight weeks yeah right there's like so six to eight weeks like go back to lightly playing. Uh, but I would strongly recommend not going near full strength drumming for two months. Yeah. So I had that surgery March twenty second, twenty eighteen. It's so about another month after with that second MRI. You mm-hmm. know? Month or two months after, pardon me. And um, successful. I had the tendon bridge. So you chose connected. the one
0: with the strap because you're like this is there's just more chance of it being
1: successful yeah and yeah and i don't want and, and he said you know with the other grafting like you know that involves invasive surgery on another part of your hand because they'd be grafting a, tendon, a different part of a tendon and moving right. it over oh, god and i yeah. was like man well that would he said you know like it, it would be you'd have full mobility of your finger it also involves like tampering with another tendon and there's risk involved yes with surgery yeah. yeah with both yeah with both procedures you know all surgery of course yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so I you know had the the tendon re-stitched together and uh yeah two months didn't touch anything and of course I think about this now I'm so grateful that it was like you know it wasn't like July, August or something. It was, it was like March, April,
0: oh yeah, part of May sure. when mm-hmm. I had the,
1: so mm-hmm. like, obviously touring comes back in the spring, usually seasonal yeah. musician touring usually comes back in the spring. So I did, you know, no, no touring, just, you know, it's kind of held on to my, to my hat for a little while, you know, right. and uh, grateful obviously to have like, you know, had some friends and Support from people just like, yeah, we're here for you, man. Let me know what you know, whatever. Oh, that's great. A lot of very grateful to have a family of people that I, you know, I hope they know that that is reciprocal, you know, if ever of they ever. Of uh, course, but uh, you know, but yeah, so, so getting
0: into that third month of recovery, you start yeah. picking
1: up the stick and practice pad, yep. And, and, and you almost, and I sort of had to relearn, you know, I couldn't immediately bend my finger or anything, Never. I had to like sort of teach my hand again, yeah. you know, like well, we talk had,
0: about an appreciation of the basics,
1: yeah, that's yeah. why I always say, like. Like, I I just always kept to my fundamentals. Yeah. And even getting out of that surgery, like, I, when I first put sticks back in my hand and I was practicing, I was like, wow, we got to get this back up to what it was doing before, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I can, after two months, I can start playing again. But I'm like, dude, you know, the jazz comping, for example, left-hand comping, you know, it's like, I don't have that touch back yet, you know? So I had to be patient with myself. Mm -hmm. And that was a very... As a very self-competitive person, that was a, a stressful period, just being uh, like, man, course, I want to... How long be,
0: I mean, and how long did that take before you were like, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm where I'm I I felt
1: just about normal after about another two... So about four months, it, it felt like I was like, you know, it was two months of no, nothing at all, two months of getting back into it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. relearning, and, and after yeah. and those second period, so four months total, Yeah. I felt like I was like, all right, we're just about... That's amazing. System, you know, all systems go. That sounds not as much of a repetitive stress injury
0: as much of, a, like you say, a fluke. Yeah. a kind of thing. And yep. and I think uh, for, for those of us that are dealing with like long-term repetitive stress injuries, mm-hmm. the recovery is sometimes takes as long as what has caused that injury. So yeah. if this is after five years of, mm-hmm. you know, beating the shit out of yeah. something in your body. Yep. It's gonna probably take five years to and and then then you have other effects that are yeah. fighting against that right. as well. So right. well man, I it's 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 inspiring to hear that it's like, you know, thank God for
1: modern medicine. Yes. Yeah, I know, I know. No kidding man. I, <laughs> I think about sense. like, you know, that was that doctor's first procedure and to have done it Flawlessly, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, and and my my uh, my coach, Aaron, uh, a car struck him while he was out running. Oh my god! And uh, and he, it was the injuries to his left shoulder were so bad. so you'll never play drums again. Oh. And he's got, you know, he's got a, a part metal and strap and Damn. and cadaver bone mm-hmm. holding that shoulder back. But in eight months he was up and running again. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this. Right. And so, um, to have him, to have somebody do, deal with such a, a, a traumatic injury, work with me that uh, less traumatic type injuries uh, it, is like that. This is who I need on my team. Yeah, you know, because he's experienced something really traumatic. You've experienced something
1: traumatic. It's like it can be done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, gosh, and I, I was never like. Obviously that doubt can creep in when you're in the, the thick of a hard meeting where you're hearing medical professionals say, This has never happened before uh, and yeah. you're just like, Oh God, shut up and tell me you can do it. You yeah. know, <laughs> like but well, you haven't met me. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I'm I'm I like to think of you know I'm I'm one of those people I feel like like I'll always try and try like I, I will willingly walk into a fire because I Want to get to the other side, you know? Yeah, like I just, I'm, I'm just kind of that. I'm with you. I like, I like a, you know, dealing with a, a setback. To me, it's just like, all right, work through it. It's a growth option. Yeah, yeah. Work, work, through it, you know. Yeah, and get, yeah. get to the other side. Yeah, for sure. And, and I have, you know, countless people that I know that are that are they use setbacks and they'll they'll tangent and do something else and to reach their own, you know? But I bet that's what makes you not only a great
0: player, but a great teacher too. You know, you understand those setbacks and how to, how to teach your students to like use those to their advantage. Yeah. You you
1: want to, you want to serve as a, you know, uh, a reference point of like, okay, this is difficult but we can work through this, right, you know, right, right, but right. anyway, well, one last thing, man, yeah. what's, what's your summer looking like? What's coming up with man, you? a whole bunch of random stuff, honestly. Um, a particular order, just, just, just some, some hired gun stuff, man. This, I play with, uh, I mentioned Kelsey Walden. Yeah. Um, she's been with her for almost seven years now and she's got, uh, I can't, I wish I could say this. I can't say it yet. <laughs> she's got a new record coming out. Um, that we we cut out in LA that uh, a special person uh, produced it for her with yes. her and uh, that was one of those things to talk about we talked earlier in the in the podcast about um, you know going out and being on a session and having like just a a voice memo of something and being like using your production brain like how do what's the feel how do we capture this and Mm -hmm. and go Mm -hmm. and a lot of that record was done that way so that was a special moment and uh yeah I can't say that yet but that that record is coming out later this summer great we'll be we'll be touring a bunch this summer with her um I also work with Devin Mm Gilfillian who I mentioned earlier uh Devin we did a couple different projects we've done a couple records together now um, he's got some touring work with uh, Nathaniel Rateliff this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, be part of that. I've got, yeah. That's, Just, I mean, Dan, it's Dan. Dan's got. You know, yeah. Dan. Dan always has has some different different runs coming together, and uh, I'll be doing that, and then just I'm one of those like piecemeal guys you know I don't I don't have just one one no thing.
0: and I always say you know what's a typical week and and no one has a good answer for yep. that which I, I that's why I love asking it yeah you know because and and you get used to that not knowing what month to month but after so many years of you know kind of navigating this mm-hmm. whole industry you know that um, stuff will happen
1: yeah it always does you and just gotta
0: just gotta balance it and yeah. surround yourself with people that you like to work yep. with yep. and, and, and um, prioritize yeah. that way totally
1: and there's a nice flow I mean even in town when like we were talked about the, the local things yeah. that I have you know that the Tuesday and Friday things and I played a Sunday every Sunday with a, a, a soul pop singer named Willie Shaw been part of his project for a couple of years now and awesome. just like in you know the, the, the hired musician life of like you say, every week kind of brings something new. But yeah, there's, there yeah. is the, the 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 residencies, if you will. For sure. And for then, sure. yeah, then the touring world. I'm I'm always, you know, counting flight miles at the end of the year. Like, can I, <laughs> can I go somewhere? That, <laughs> you know? but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, that's that's more or less a long-winded answer to what i got going on this summer <laughs> that's good man that's good but, well man it's been it's been really fun
0: to kind of like get to know you more yeah. listen to what you've been doing uh thanks to robert miller for of course for, yeah. for connecting us big ups but, to rob yeah um you've you've been on the radar of several people and it was fun to discover like oh wait zach knows
1: you mm-hmm. you know and yeah, um, yeah, megan too megan's a sweetheart megan coleman uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks again, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. This is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, dude.
0: So there you go. My conversation with Nate Felty, Uh, add him to my list of young musicians that inspire me. He's such a great player and it's exciting to think that he's part of the Nashville community that continues to uh, add to this creative community and, and, and grow its diversity. So, Uh, Real excited to see what the future holds for Nate. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview with Corey Fonville of Butcher Brown, also on the new project Super Blue by Kurt Elling and Charlie Hunter. But for now, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Keep in touch and hope to see you around. Bye-bye.